ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local women, local now. Member FDIC. It is Thursday, March 11th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw, hard seltzer made pure. Man, this is a, this is a terrible week. Everything's letting us down. I, mean, I don't know where to begin. I mean, today, Kentucky... Lost in the SEC tournament. So if you're a Kentucky fan right now, you're feeling pretty bad. And then West Virginia lost in the Big 12 tourney. So if you're a Mountaineer fan, you're feeling pretty bad right now. If you're a Herd fan, you're feeling pretty bad because yesterday the women lose and then the men lose in the Conference USA tournament. And not just losing, you're losing to Rice. Rice. Rice has the Herd's number for some reason. In games that matter the most, it feels like if there's rice there in front of you, it's going to be a bad day. I don't know what it is, what they're doing. I mean, conference championship football game, there's rice. Getting eliminated from things, knocked out of things, rice. Upsets, rice. Forget Western Kentucky. That's not the team rival anymore. No, I have declared rice as the, that is the, apex predator of thundering herd fans right now. It's Rice. That's that's the arch enemy. More so than Middle, more so than Western Kentucky, more so than Old Dominion or Charlotte or any of the Florida schools. It's Rice. That's the enemy of the thundering herd. I actually kind of like the rivalry, to be quite honest with you. If you're going to have a reason to maybe have some sort of rivalry with some of those Western teams in Conference USA. Rice has just dialed up several reasons for you. So Thundering Herd losing that one yesterday, 72-68. to Disappointing all around for the Thundering Herd. And we tried to look at it yesterday. What was the difference here? You know, you can't say free throws were, even though they made free throws late when Marshall put them on the line, they made free throws. Everything was almost even. Not a very... Energetic game, maybe. That was uh, some of the things that I saw and heard, you know, questioning the energy, just coming out not playing their best game. Andrew Taylor with eight points. You, know, you need more out of him. Tavion Kinsey with just 11 points. You need more out of him. Uh, Jansen Williams was okay with 11. Uh, Michael Byers had 17. And, of course, Jared West had 19 points. You want Tavion to have more offense. You want... Andrew Taylor to have more offense. And also, you shoot 10 of 34 from the three-point line. I mean, Rice shot 10 of 28. You know, field goals are about the same, 25 of 53 for Rice, 28 of 67 for the Thundering Herd. And the field goal percentage, not outstanding. 36% in that first half, 47 in the second half. Rice was a little bit more consistent, 48 in that first half, and then 46 in the second half. Uh, free throws, again, that's a big difference there. In the second half, Rice had 11 of 12 free throws. The first half, they had they had one of two. Marshall had two of four in that first half. No opportunities to take a free throw in the second half. I mean, fouls, 11 for Rice, 14 for the Thundering Herd. You know, we can break these numbers down. At the end of the day, it comes down to which team scored more points, and that's the Rice Owls beating the Herd 72-68. to 68. For all intent and purposes, 
I think the herd's done this year. I don't think there's going to be any CBI bid. I don't think Marshall's going to be looking to get into the CBI. The NIT's out. I don't see that happening. I don't see the NIT happening at all. It's 16 teams. It's not 32. So uh, there's going to be less of a pool of, um, well, there's going to be less spots. You don't have, uh, you're you're not going to be in a, a pool that's big enough for you to maybe get a spot. It's going to be a smaller pool of teams that maybe are worth getting into the NIT. Not to say Marshall isn't, but I don't I don't see it. And keep this in mind, you know, we still have tournaments and there's going to be upsets. Uh, I know Kentucky being eliminated today from the tournament. That means uh, for I don't see them getting into the NCAA. I don't think the NCAA says, "Okay, they're Kentucky, let's get them in here." No, I just don't see that happening. Stranger things have happened. Same thing with Duke. Duke was actually winning in the conference tournament, the ACC tournament. Their game had to be canceled today because they had a COVID positive on the team. So there's a a COVID positive shutting down Duke's team. They can't play. So they are eliminated from the conference tournament. So you lose them as well. Strange things. It is uh, 2021. We thought it would be better than 2020. And so far, uh, at least from a sports standpoint, it's been strange. It really has been strange. So uh, what's next now? Of course, uh, there's tournament action coming up uh, throughout the night. And um, Duke is done. Not going to the tournament. Uh, Their athletic director says season is over. I think Kentucky probably done. Uh, I feel Marshall's done as well. Unless something comes out and says, oh, no, no, uh, Marshall's open to something, you know, and the CBI, if that's a, an option for them, if that's a tournament that they can get into. And I really don't know how that's going to work this year because uh, usually that's a pay to get in. If it costs them herd money, I don't think Marshall's going to do that. I wouldn't think they would spend money pursue that because really how those tournaments were working was, you know, you would buy the game and then, you know, you would make that money back up with the gate. You pay to get in, and then you make that money with the gate, and you know there's really not going to be a gate. Some states are opening up maybe a little too soon for uh, some people's taste, but still uh, some states are opening up and allowing fans, and still uh, there are restrictions across the country as far as what you can do with attendance, uh, face coverings. And I know with the NCAA tournament this year being held in a more centralized uh, location, the NIT is going to be held in more of a centralized location. The CBI is going to be more of a centralized location. Don't know exactly you know, how these things are going to play out as far as fans are concerned, but that's where the revenue is. And again, the NIT is a TV event right now. Made for TV event. How are you going to get your revenue? Well, you're going to make this an attractive television event. And if you're looking for programming, you know, you've got games at midweek that don't conflict with the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's what a lot of those games are going to be. They're going to be on not conflicting with the NCAA tournament. Because if you're going to watch a basketball game, which one are you watching? The NCAA tournament or the NIT? Now, if the NIT is on different night, yeah, I'm watching. I've got something to look forward to because, well, it's college basketball. And I'll get to watch it on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. But Selection Sunday is coming up. We'll have all that coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll have the entire NCAA tournament right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Uh, we're going to turn our attention to softball when we continue. Megan Smith-Lyon, we haven't had her on the program in a while. I'm looking forward to talking to her. She's my guest when we come back from break here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. 
We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Thursday, March 11th edition. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's been a long time coming. Uh, We've had a pandemic. We've had uh, several uh, roadblocks to make this happen. But uh, let's welcome back to the program, uh, long overdue, the head coach of the Marshall softball team, Megan Smith-Lyon. And uh, it's been way too long. I feel like it's been a year since I've talked to you. I can't believe it's been a year since we've actually done this. I know it's it's been a it's been a long long year that's for sure. I'm glad we're back doing this now. I really uh, I'm excited for what's happening with uh, with the program right now. Of course, yesterday uh, you had a, a little uh, hiccup in the uh, the journey losing to Longwood. Uh, since I've got you here, just you know what was the difference uh, between uh, the squad and what, what Longwood was able to do. You know, I think um, yesterday we we didn't take care of what we need to take care of. You know, we're very detail oriented. We're, um, you know, take care of the process. And I think we got, uh, you know, a little bit more focused on the results, the results of the at bats, and not the process. And you know, it just it wasn't our day yesterday. You know, we weren't as sharp in any aspect. And you know, obviously we uh, we talked today as a team. We're ready to get back to work to fix that for next weekend. You never want to lose, but also. It's also a, a teaching moment, fair to say. Uh, you get some adversity now, so later on down the road when you see more adversity, you've already faced it. Uh, so sure, you would love to have the win, but at the same time, uh, they're probably going to be better off for it, taking the loss early now. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, every time you go out on the field, win or lose, you, you're learning quite a bit, especially this early in our season. You know, we missed two weeks. Um, because of COVID issues before, you know, right at the beginning of our season. So we missed a lot of opportunities um, in, in, in those early weeks. And, you know, now we're just getting started. You know, so these early games, we're learning our team. They're learning each other. But a lot of new faces, a lot of new talent in the lineup, a lot of new pitching. You know, so it's definitely a, a learning process. And, you know, we look at all of those losses as, you know, we – we learn from them, and we see we, we we see some things from our team. We see some things we need to tweak. We see some good things, and, and we continue to kind of build our knowledge base as we uh, progress through the season. How challenging has this been for you with everything that has taken on a new life? I mean, we're looking at March 11th, the day, uh, a year to the day, that everything started to shut down and change, and it's been challenging for a program like yours finally getting uh, back on the field and finally getting to, to work together again and, and have a season. But what have been the challenges for you trying to get to this point? You know, I mean, it's been a roller coaster of a year. You know, the, the low of the season ending and trying to process that and, you know, the, how everything has changed, how we do everything, how we interact as a team, what we're able to do, what we're not able to do. You know, that's uh, it was a, a tough transition for all of us throughout the fall and it continues to be you know things are just different and you know they say it's it's the new normal this year but that's hard to that's hard for us to swallow you know it's been it's been definitely a rough transition but I tell you our players are resilient Uh, they love the game you know they just want to have the opportunity to go out and train together and play and you know I've really been proud of how they've handled everything all of the adversity that's been thrown at them you know they continue to to show up and and with a great attitude and wanting to work and, uh, you know, in our quest to win a championship, they're still locked into that goal. And, you know, that's a hard thing to do with all of the things surrounding us right now. I know talking to 
several of the other coaches, each program has its different challenges, its different procedures on what it needs to do. Uh, I'm sure travel's pretty much the same for you. Uh, you can't eat together uh, in a confined space. So if you're on a bus trip, no taking the masks off. You know, what are the challenges specific to softball and for you to deal with the pandemic and you know, all the restrictions or at least all the protections that are put into place? Right. I think the big thing, I mean, you mentioned all the travel things. Those are definitely um, different for us. I think the big thing has been throughout the fall how we had to handle our locker room and not be able to use it. And, um, you know, players having to get ready and show up at practice time, that's not normal for us. Normally our players are hanging out in the clubhouse, in the locker room. They're hanging out with us. We're building those relationships off the field, and we're having a we're able to do that on a daily basis. And you know, COVID completely changed all of that. You know, we weren't able to gather, we weren't able to be inside um, together this fall. You know, so everything was just what we had at practice. We we were limited not, to not doing team meals and not having those opportunities to bond as a team. And and that's been the huge challenge. You know, the training on the field has stayed pretty consistent. We're able to do everything we need to do to get them ready on the field. But all of those um, team bonding moments and coming together as a family, and that's been the most challenging with all of the restrictions that COVID brings. And, and it's all to keep us safe, and we understand that. But, you know, it's definitely been um, totally different than what we've been able to do in the past. Have you found that now you're actually playing games or you're getting into situations where this isn't practice, everything you do on the field means something? Have you found that? Now, under fire, this team is starting to come together the way you want, or is that going to take a little longer than usual? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's going to take a little longer than usual. I mean, I think that we're, you know, we're in that process right now. And, and you know, usually you have all of that stuff kind of worked out in the fall. You've played a fall season. you played opponents. You've done these things. And we weren't able to do any of that. So, you know, I think we're seeing that type of progression happening right now. And we're learning more about each other. We're coming together as a team through adversity during games. And we're growing a lot. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really, you know, encouraged by what I'm seeing from our team in just a quick week of play you know, that we've had some ups and downs and we're working through them as a team. We're growing together. And, you know, that that really gives me hope, you know, as the season continues that we're going to get even stronger and stronger. Megan Smith-Lyon joining me, the head coach of the Marshall softball team. So you've had a quick week now to, to see what you've got on the field as a, as a team. Who stood out to you or, more importantly, who surprised you uh, in this first week? Well, I mean, no surprise. I think Allie Harrell continues to be um, just a standout for us. I mean, offensively, she's she's a force. And, you know, she's been consistently doing that since she got here, even before I was here. Um, you know, she's just a phenomenal person, a phenomenal player, and is, is doing what she does. Has She's has great, great at-bats. She's powerful. Um, she's working pitchers. Um, you know, so she continues to be such a bright spot for us in our offense. Uh, you know, I think freshman Paige Hallowell um, has shown some really good signs here early in the first week. Um, she uh, has been in center field for us, and her defense has, has been stellar. But offensively, she shows a lot of promise. And, you know, honestly, we had a rough night yesterday uh, pitching-wise, but I think our pitchers have, have been a, a bright spot here early. You know, we got a lot of new faces in the circle and a lot of different looks that we're going to be able to show other teams and I love the way they complement each other and I you know I think we've got a lot of good options in the circle this year how difficult is it you can go out and practice and train and, and pitchers included can go through every motion but 
until they get into a game, is that what they just need right now to to actually see live ball against someone else, not their their teammates in the, in a practice situation for them to maybe show what they've got, their true potential? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you can play each other as much as you want. We did that all fall, and we've done that in preseason here in January. But, you know, until you get out and face other competition, you know, and you do that together as a unit, you don't really know what you have, and you don't know who's going to step up, and you don't know how your team is going to react and how your team's going to, to gel and mesh. And, you know, that's what we're learning now. And, you know, we played – how many games we've played, but it's only been a week. I mean, it's been quick, you know. So all, all of this has happened really fast, and we're just excited to keep progressing this season. Did it feel good to get out there that first week and just uh, have fans again? Yeah, I know you have to have limited fans, but still, wasn't it nice just to to hear people screaming, yelling, hollering, cheering your team on? Uh, I know you can't simulate that. No, I mean, it, it was exciting. And, you know, honestly, I think all of us were holding our breath until that first game. We didn't know if it was ever going to happen. You know, we were ready. We were ready to open the season. Um, you know, in February, and then when we got a COVID pause, that kind of kind of deflated, you know, deflated us a little bit. And so, you know, to actually go out and be able to play and open up at home, that's something that's unusual for us, too. I mean, it was exciting. It was great to get out there and, and you know, see the fans and, and be able to finally play someone other than ourselves. What are the challenges that still remain? I know you're going to be on the road for a little bit. You're taking on Chattanooga coming up uh, here uh, starting March 20th. And then you've got Akron. You have a couple with them. You come back home and then you get into Conference USA play about a week later after that. Uh, what are the challenges you still have to deal with looking ahead to this? Well, I mean, you know, we have very few games left before we start conference, and that's unusual. Normally we play a 56-game season, uh, and this year our season has been you know, cut short a little bit. So we have fewer games. Um, to prepare and get ready for conference and to see different people. We have a lot of depth on our team. So, you know, we want to be able to see people in situations, and we have limited time to do that this season. Um, so that's certainly a challenge. Um, you know, but we're excited with what we see, and, and we're, you know, still working on some things, and we, we feel like, um, you know, we'll be ready once conference play rolls around for sure. You don't really have any options to, to add teams back to the schedule because it's so compact. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, we've been able to add some, you know, when we lost the first two weekends, but it's really hard. You know, other people's schedules are full. And, you know, with COVID, you've got the testing to consider as well. I mean, other teams that we play have to match our testing protocol. And and so you might find a team that has an opening, but if if they're not testing like we're testing, we can't play them. There's just lots of factors that come into play. And it's just very difficult to um, to find teams um, once the season's already started. Joining us on the program, Marshall softball coach Megan Smith-Lyons. She is getting set for University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, uh, one of my favorite opponents for the herd to beat, and I'm maybe aging myself a little bit back when Marshall was in the Southern Conference, but uh, their quality program. And I guess that's the good thing about your schedule here is you really don't have anyone easy on the schedule before you get to conference play. So that's kind of a blessing in disguise, even though it's going to be a tough road. Yeah, I think it's great. You know, I think that we're playing really good opponents. I think, you know, the teams we're playing have good pitching, which is only going to help us when we get to conference play. You know, um, Chattanooga is a a very solid program, and it is year in and year out. And to play them at their place is difficult. We did that last season, and um, and they got the better of us last year. But you know, we're we're excited for the opportunity to play anyone, and especially teams, um, you know, that that 
are as talented and are as solid as Chattanooga, it's, it's really only going to help prepare us uh, to compete in Conference USA. I'm kind of curious. This might be a better asked question later on in the season or close towards the end after conference tournament, but with eligibility and, and athletes getting year back, uh, have you begun to have any of those conversations or is it too soon to start thinking ahead a little bit of like, okay, you know, who I'm going to have coming back, who's going to take advantage of that? Yeah. I mean, you know, there've been some conversations here or there, but we really haven't, um, we haven't gone in depth in, into that, you know, we're focused on this year and, and, you know, they're focused on this season. And, you know, I think as the season progresses and we get closer to the end, we'll start maybe having more of those. And, and certainly after season, we'll definitely get a read on, on what people are thinking, but you know, it's, it's great that they have the opportunity to, to get another year and, and, you know, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. Megan Smith-Lyon joining us on the program. The softball team back on the road March 20th for a series against Chattanooga. And then you take on Akron March 25th. Finally, you come back home March 27th to uh, play before conference play. Uh, I think it's going to be a crazy schedule. I'm looking forward to it because that means we get almost nonstop softball here for at least a good, solid couple of months before the conference tournament. Um how do you prepare for that? Just go every day? I mean, you said you have depth, so uh, really this is probably going to play in your favor down the line. Uh, yeah, we're hopeful that it will. You know, we, we have moved to a four-game conference series now uh, against teams in our division. So instead of just the three games, we've got four. And, you know, I feel like our pitching depth is, is going to be a positive when we get to that point. You know, we're going to have a lot of different looks. We won't have to rely on the same two or three pitchers. Uh, we've, got, we've got a lot of people to throw at the conference opponent. So I think that's going to be a strength of ours. And in depth in general, you know, it's it's something that, um, you know, is exciting to see. We've got a lot of great talent and a lot of good players. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to, to get time for them now uh, as we're in pre, preseason before conference. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely something that we hope will be an advantage for us moving forward. Well, we hope to have you back on sooner than a year. And I promise you we're going to do that. So the – the schedule is set. We know when we can get you back on, and uh, we'll do it real soon. But uh, good luck. Uh, it's been a good start so far, and I hope that uh, we can talk about you getting into the conference tournament uh, as a one seed, right? Oh, I mean, that'd be great. I, I'm not that'd putting any great. pressure on you, I hope. <laughs> That's all right. We'll take it. Coach, good talking to you again. Let's do it again real soon. All right. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Megan Smith-Lyon. Uh, it was good catching up with her. Uh, we haven't done that in a while, so uh, we're getting – uh, we're getting back to having everybody on the show again that we haven't had a chance to talk to. Uh, we had Matt Grobe on yesterday. Uh, we had Megan Smith Lyon just a moment ago. I mean, who's next? I mean, we had John Mercer on recently. Uh, we need to probably rotate Ari Agnes back in. Uh, I mean, where do we go from here? What am I missing, uh, Nick? I'll have to think about that. Okay. <laughs> There you go, Nick Nick Verzellini, best producer in the in the business. Mel Kuyper, right? Mel Kuyper. When we continue, uh, we'll get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More coming up on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We are presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Of course, you can join us on our White Wall phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That's 
420-8255. Paul Swan, your host for the Thursday edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Not the show I was hoping to do today. I was hoping, of course, to talk to uh, Coach Smith, Lions. And then after talking to her, get you set for Marshall basketball in the Conference USA tournament. Unfortunately, the herd not able to get it done as Rice beats Marshall 72-68. to So, I mean, what do we talk about now? I mean, do we do we talk about the Conference USA tournament without Marshall? Do we care at this point about the Conference USA tournament without Marshall? I'm going to say the answer is no. I may watch the championship game, but I'm not going home tonight and say, you know, I'm going to watch some of this. I'm just going to take a day, take a day here to, to stand back from it and go. I'm not watching that. Might watch a little bit ACC. Might watch a little bit of that tonight. Not really interested in what's going on with the ACC. Duke has not been good all year, and then Duke gets busted out. So, I mean, what do I have left? What's left for me? I mean, there's hockey. I can look at a little hockey tonight, and um, it'll be very little the rest of the year. But for next season, look at that. ESPN picking up, as we told you a couple days ago, picking up a huge portion of the video rights or the uh, the broadcast rights. Four of seven Stanley Cup finals are going to be on uh, the uh, on ABC, I believe. Also, we're going to have a conference final every year, so it's going to alternate. Maybe it's going to be the Eastern or Western, whatever the case may be. Uh, there's going to be games on Hulu, exclusive to Hulu and ESPN+. There's going to be exclusive games on ABC and ESPN. The NHL... TV package. I still want a little clarity on this, but if I understand it correctly, if you subscribe to ESPN Plus, there's going to be up to a thousand games or at least a thousand games available for you out of market games. So if you are a fan of a team that's, say, in Carolina, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes, if you're a fan of the Carolina Hurricanes, and you live here in Huntington, West Virginia, you live in the the greater tri-state area, you could watch the Carolina Hurricanes. You could be Jason Courier. You could be Jason Courier, a fan of the Carolina Hurricanes. Jason Courier, of course, the SID of Marshall's uh, women's basketball team and the overall czar of sports uh, information at Marshall. He's the football guy. You could watch Carolina Hurricanes hockey. I could watch New York Rangers hockey if it's not being blacked out on, say, you know, when they play the Penguins or the uh, the Blue Jackets. I could watch the Rangers. I could watch the Edmonton Oilers if I wanted to. I could watch the Seattle Kraken, the new team next year. I could just watch all their games if I want to. And that's going to be huge for the existing fan and the reason I guess I'm talking about this one is because I'm actually passionate about it. I'm excited. This is actually, I'm excited for this as a sports fan. Fan of the National Hockey League. But you know, when's Conference USA going to get a package that's um, all-inclusive? Seriously, all games, I guess all games should be on ESPN Plus if they're not on ESPN Broadcast. I would do that deal. Whatever it took, I would do that deal with Conference USA and ESPN just to say, look, all right, uh, we're going to we're gonna get rid of CUSA TV 
and we're going to put all our product up on ESPN Plus. And of course, that means the league's going to have to make sure it maintains a a different standard here. That might might cost a little bit on the back end. So there's reasons why CUSA TV is different setup than ESPN Plus. Know that you got to have more people on an ESPN Plus broadcast than you do a CUSA TV broadcast. So keep that in mind. But if I'm trying to improve what my my package looks like, what my multimedia deal looks like, you know, of course we're not going to see Conference USA get an NHL type package, but you have. Some of your games on ESPN Plus, and then some of them are going to be on Stadium, and then you're going to have CBS Sports Network. I would look for something that would get me on ESPN more. And that means I got to give up a lot of these other games and put them on ESPN Plus to get me on one of the ESPN networks. Now, it's going to be tough, obviously, because you have other conferences as well. So, you know, not necessarily will Conference USA be able to grab some of the spotlight in basketball for conference tournament. I mean, maybe they can, maybe they can't. You know, CBS Sports might be the best place for some of this stuff. I would try to work that. I would try to work that deal and try my best to make sure. I'm getting as much exposure as I possibly can for the conference, for these games. I would do what it, it took. And that means I got to give up more inventory. I got to go digital for the pleasure and privilege. We will do that. All right. We'll take our next break. Come back. We'll get your phone calls in 877 420 Talk 877. 877- 420-8255. We've got more coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Paul Swan, your host for today's show. Yeah, this isn't the show that I have planned. Three-fourths of the show is not the way I planned it today. So the herd letting you down, uh, according to you, on social media. Oh, trust me. Social media was not fun yesterday. Nick, did you go on social media at all looking afterwards? Did you do that to yourself and just uh, message boards, Twitter, Facebook? Did you do any of that? Went on Twitter a little bit just to see what people were saying. It was ugly, wasn't it? He's still learning how to use that microphone button. Don't they teach you? On. Don't you? Don't they teach you that? And Doctor Bailey Audio Production. Yeah. Okay. I got it on. Okay. Keep it on. Man, Nick, you're killing me. You're killing me, Nick. Um, so Twitter wasn't happening, huh? It was. Uh, there was not that much of anger there. Not really. But I also just searched Antony just because I wanted to see if okay. there's like Doc. I searched. I looked a little bit. I went on some some boards. I looked at Facebook, and there are some people that just think the herd is soft. I've saw that a lot, soft. And others think that Dan Tony has run his course. And I'm sitting here thinking, if they had lost to Western Kentucky, maybe this would have been a little lighter or something. But it's rice you lose to, and that that's like rubbing 
actually dry rice into a wound, just salted rice, rubbing it into the wound and just trying to figure out how to make it stop. I mean, I don't know if you are able to be a consistent program when you maybe don't have the resources of some programs too. Now, of course, rice is not a program that's spending so much money on basketball, but at the same time, they were a pretty solid team defensively. You know, do you, as Coach D'Antoni talked about, you know, evaluate what is best for Marshall basketball? Because of all people, Dan D'Antoni, if he thought he wasn't the guy to get it done, he's probably the guy walking. Yeah, I don't think you have to push him out. I think if he felt like somebody else can do it better or if he wasn't getting the job done, he's going to be the guy to tell you. I, I don't think that that's going to be something you have to worry about him as a coach because he loves Marshall. I mean, he played for Marshall. He has a passion for Marshall. This was his job. He wasn't trying to be a college basketball coach at all other you know, programs. He's not using this as a stepping stone. This is, this is it. This is if I'm going to finish out. Maybe this is going to be the job because it's the head coach position at Marshall. So I'm not worried there. But at the same time, I'm kind of curious what kind of soul searching are they going to do? Because as uh, as talented as I thought this group was, uh, you didn't get some performances, and shooting at the star is tough, right? Man, I'm not using that as an excuse, but that's just a that's just a strange place to play basketball. You know, would they have done better in a, an actual traditional arena? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But then, you know, if you want to advance pretty far into the NCAA tournament, you're going to be playing in some rather large arenas. So, you, know, you can throw all of that aside. You're going to have to get some you know, some higher level talent in here. Are you going to have to evaluate what you've got coming back? Do you want Jared West to come back and anchor this team for you to have some veteran leadership? Is uh, Tavion Kinsey going to come back? Because there's been a lot of talk that he he might want to look into the NBA. You have all of that, and I can't make these these assumptions for any of these kids, but at the same time, you're going to have to look at this team and go, okay, are what we are doing, are what we are doing right now is it working? Is is it working? Or was this a COVID year? We throw it out. We got through it. We got through the COVID season. We had some opportunities here we didn't take advantage of. And not making excuses, but this was a, a strange year. It's COVID year. And so everything that we're trying to achieve is still there. We can do that with this group and, and where we're going. You know, do you make drastic wholesale changes? Do you stay the course? Do you tweak what you're doing? Do you maybe make adjustments to how you are, are coaching a little bit? Do you change your style a little bit? Is that the case? Do you bring in a bigger athlete, more physical? You got some quick kids out there. You know, you're trying to maybe go a different route. Maybe you're going to be play a more physical game. What do you do? What does that all mean when you have to think to yourself, okay, we're going to make some decisions here. What does all of that mean? You know, or you're going to have to start from scratch. Will there be kids coming back, taking advantage of a year of eligibility, or just saying, look, okay, this was fun, we're done. 
you know, I appreciate everything, but you know, we're moving on now. What's going to happen here for for Marshall basketball? So that's probably going to be an interesting exercise over the next few weeks here, just to see what this is going to look like, where it's going. But as far as I'm sure a lot of people are upset right now. Yeah, I'm not in that crowd that's mad at Dan D'Antoni. See, that gets me in trouble on this show sometimes. Seriously. If I'm all for get rid of a guy or get rid of a coach back in my youth, if I'm like, yeah, get rid of him, you know, I'm the I'm the guy outside looking in. And then if I'm a little bit more, you know what, hey, let's just see what happens here. I'm the guy that what are you talking about? So I can't win. I seriously can't win. And I just fall back on what Ernie Salvatore told me. Back in the day, he said, Paul, it's not your job to fire them. Okay, coach. All right. I miss that guy, by the way. The columnist for the uh, Herald Dispatch. Uh, Long time, long time voice of sports on the printed word. Uh, He actually told me that because, you know, when I thought that Greg White just had to go back in my youth, like he's got to go. And I would want to get Ernie to come on and talk. And he's like, I'm not coming on. I'm like, why are you not coming on, Ernie? He said, because you want me to fire him. And it's not yeah, it's not our job to fire the coach. So that's where I'm at. All right, we've got maybe 30 seconds. Um, Nick, who do I have on? I did not get his name, but he wants to talk about Dan. <laughs> okay. I have 10 seconds. We're going to have to do that tomorrow. So – I apologize. We have got 10, 15 seconds before the show outro. I'm not going to be able to get your comments in and be fair to you. So we will do that tomorrow. And, of course, we'll be here 506 right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And don't forget, uh, call in early if you want to be on the program. Write the number down now, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-TALK. 8255. That does it for this edition of the show. Back tomorrow, we'll get your comments, opinions, thoughts. We're heading into the weekend. We'll do it all together tomorrow. For Nick Verzellini, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.